So, my name is Izzy Mangrum, and um, I guess right now I'm creating a podcast. It's very random. It's probably something that a lot of people wouldn't see the point in listening to, but I just have felt the desire and the pull to come and talk about, you know, some things I'm learning in life and talk about ways I'm struggling and talk about how I'm doing. And if any of these things that I talk about help someone, you know, that's really all I'm trying to do. Um, I'm not coming on here knowing everything, um, because I don't. I don't know everything. I have opinions, and I have views, and I have a lot of things that I've been through and things that I will continue to go through, and I am in no way perfect. I am not someone who should be a role model um, or idolized in any way. Not that I would be, but I'm just, I just want to come and make this podcast to kind of give people an idea of who I am and also just be a friend. I think a lot of times listening to podcasts can make you feel you know, like, you know, the person talking and that they become a friend. And you never know when you might need a friend. Um, You could listen to this podcast and, you know, find comfort in the things that I'm saying or relate, hopefully. And then a new season of life could come and you don't need to listen. That's fine. I honestly don't even care if no one listens. Because it's also just helpful for me to kind of externally process everything. So I guess we'll start with what I've been wanting to talk about today, and that is relationships. Relationships are something that come and go, and they're... They can be complicated, and they can be simple, and they can be messy, and they can be beautiful, but relationships are a lot of things, and they're also a big part of life and being a human in that. I think I've learned a lot about relationships. I have a lot of people that I'm in relationships with, um, friends and family, and I've even had, you know, romantic interests in relationships and, you know, been a part of that. And I've, you know, I recently got out of a rela- um, a dating relationship and it's, it was pretty recent, but I kind of wanted to talk about some things that I've learned in this, you know, season of singleness that I'm now in. And that's, for those of you who don't know me, I 
am 17, I'll be 18 in October, but I am, you know, a follower of Christ, um, and I tried my best to live my life mirroring his love and mirroring Jesus, and so with that being said, this new season of singleness that God has put me in has really made me value and just appreciate myself more. I'm a very extroverted person. I, you know, I love talking to people. I love getting out there and I love um, just spending time with people. It makes me have energy and I just, I really enjoy it. And so, you know, being single is, it can be a lot of different things. For some people, being single can feel like, you know, the most lonely thing in the world. And for other people, being single is like the most liberatingly free thing, you know. And some people can feel both at different times. I mean, being single can be a lot of different things. But I think the most important things to focus on in being single is you and what path you're wanting to take. And for me, the path that I chose when I was single before my dating relationship was to follow God. And in doing that, I really felt a sense of purpose and I knew exactly that that was where God needed me to be and wanted me to be. And same with this dating relationship, that is exactly where God wanted me to be, and I was. And now in this new single of season, oh my gosh, I just messed up. This new season of singleness, this is exactly where God needs me to be. And that's so comforting to know that, that I am exactly where God wants me to be. And I say that, and you know, hoping to give someone comfort and no matter if you know relationship if you're in one or not single or not you know struggling with anxiety depression school work whatever your whatever season you're in that is exactly where you are meant to be and even if you don't believe in god if you don't believe in you know because I don't expect everyone to have the same beliefs that I do. And if you don't, you know, believe in Christianity or things like that, I still believe that you are exactly where you are meant to be. And I believe that everything happens for a reason. I learned a lot in my season of dating. Um, I had a boyfriend for about eight months. Before that, I had liked this boy since sophomore year. I'm a senior now, so that's like, you know, almost two years. And it was really hard um, breaking up. It, You know, people can break up. Breaking up is weird. You know, dating is really weird. It can be fun. It can be exciting. It can be hurtful. It can be you know, you're figuring out what you want in a partner and what you want in a husband or in a wife or, you know, if you want to get married or not. You're you're figuring out 
what you want in someone, but also you're figuring out who you want to be in a relationship and your personality kind of comes out. I learned about myself a lot dating. I learned that I become very insecure when I realize that a guy and I have mutual interest in each other. You know, before um, I liked this boy, I was very confident. And it's nothing against the boy. I just, my own personal self get more insecure when, you know, someone I'm interested in is interested in me. And I might be like, Izzy, what? That sounds really, you'd think that'd be like validating and I'd be like really giddy and excited, but like, you know, I feel the need to perform, you know, because not only am I now knowing that someone noticed me, but that they liked what they noticed. And that can make me feel the need to perform and, you know, to keep them liking what they're seeing. When it's really not about that. They just liked me for me. And I learned that I become very insecure. I learned that, you know, being single and not dating someone or even liking someone, I'm way more confident in who I am. And I'm not saying I was, you know, this completely insecure being while dating or liking people. Like, no, I had some confidence. I just wasn't as confident as before. I have a lot of, you know, I have a hard past for childhood, a very traumatic childhood, and a lot of things that I struggle with are abandonment issues. And that becomes, it plays a very big role in relationships, not just dating, but all relationships. And with dating and with people liking me in that way, I feel the need to perform and be perfect so that I'm not abandoned and that I'm not left. And that is a very tricky, tricky thing because I know that, you know, breaking up and, or even, you know, distancing yourself in a friendship, it can feel like abandonment. And in some cases, it can be. But, you know, relationships, they really, they come and they go. And I really believe that they always will. Um, I believe that, you know, relationships, they can go together. They can, you know, go right on the stream. And, you know, they're going to always take their course. You know, every course is destined to happen. and. I don't believe that a relationship can fail. Like, for instance, me and my ex-boyfriend, our relationship didn't fail. It was a success. We broke up, but it was not a failed relationship. We both learned so much about ourselves and so much about each other. That is a success in itself let alone improving from what we've learned about ourselves and each other. That is not a failure. That is a success. It may not, you know, have succeeded in the way you wanted it to, but in one way or another, that was a successful experience. 
and, you know, with friendships. I've had a lot of friends drift away in the past and can look back and think, hmm, I really miss that friend. And then I, you know, think about where, why we drifted and how, you know, in friendships, we just, I think some people just, we all mature at different rates. We all mature at different paces. And when you're not on that same level anymore, that's okay. It It's natural to drift, even in dating. If you're not on that same level or with friendships or family, whatever, if you're not on that same, you know, pace of maturing and growing, it's completely natural to drift. And there's nothing wrong with drifting because it's natural and it's, taking its course. I feel like so many people, me included, really try to manage our life. You know, I I try to plan out every minute of every day. I try to control everything. Because I get that sense of validation. I get the sense that I'm, you know, my life is together and I'm, you know, on top of things and I feel really great when I get stuff done. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that there's nothing wrong with wanting success. And there's nothing wrong with dreaming. And there's nothing wrong when it comes to working hard. But us as humans, we we never give ourselves a break. I mean, we are just going, going, going. You know, you wake up at this time, you go to work or you go to school or whatever the heck you're doing. And then you, you get your, you get your paycheck from working really hard so that you can pay off the mortgage, so that you can pay off the bills so that, or you, you know, you trying to get this guy to like you, or you're working really hard and then your job sucks and your manager sucks. And you know, you're trying to do all this stuff. Like we don't give ourselves a break. We don't. And we can't, as people, we are not robots. You know, God did not create us to be robots. He created us to have purpose, to have emotion, to have feeling, to love him, to just be. And I am so guilty of not letting myself just be. And after, you know, in the season that I'm in, I've really had the time and I've really had, you know, I really had to surrender to just be because my natural tendency is not to just sit and to just live. My natural tendency is to micromanage and control everything. But God's like, Izzy, just let it happen, you know? And if you think about it, it's kind of a really nice gift that God is not wanting me to just control everything. He's like, girl, just sit, just relax. Like, I got it. I got this. Like, just be. And I've learned a lot in this season that I'm in to just be. And, you know, I struggle with anxiety. And, you know, sometimes just being can just cause a lot of anxiety about what if this, what if that, what if that, whatever. 
but practicing just kind of sitting and just letting life happen makes me way less anxious. Makes me way less stressed out. You know, because I'm I'm trusting God to control my life. I'm trusting him to lead me in the direction that's best. And, you know, with this breakup that I recently just went through, that was really hard. That was not, you know, an easy thing. And I'm, I mean, I'm still going through it. I, it was still recent. And I still, you know, I, I'm kind of grieving, you know, what was and looking forward to my life now. But I'm not planning. You know, in this relationship that I was in, I, I planned a lot. I planned, you know, so far ahead that, you know, I couldn't even really see the now because I was way in the future that I couldn't even see what was going on in the present. And in this new season, I am choosing to only be in the present. Now, I'm not perfect. I will probably start planning and I will, you know, have moments where I go completely off this plan of being and letting life happen. I will probably, you know, it's just who I am. I know I will try to plan, but being in this season of just letting life happen, like I'm literally planning as far ahead as like my week. And I still have dreams. I, I still, you know, I, I have dreams of what I want. And, you know, I want to go to college. I want to, you know, work with kids with my job. I don't know what specifically, but like, that's what I'm passionate about doing. And I want to help kids like that that is what I feel called to do. And that is what I feel like I would be good at. And that is my dream. I also dream to get married one day. And for, and I have dreams for my husband and his qualities. And I have dreams to have children and, you know, to raise my children in the church and for dreams for my kid. Like I have a lot of dreams. And having dreams is good. You know, like, yeah, be in the moment, but you can still dream. I'm just saying, don't plan so much so that you can't even focus on what you're doing right now. Because that, that is unhealthy. And that is something I think we're all guilty of in some way. I think everyone can plan and get ahead of themselves in one way or another. Not always the same thing, but I mean, people, we can get obsessed with planning or with jobs and work and, you know, promotions and couples who are dating. I mean, people who are dating, you can get obsessed with planning your future with that person. And, you know, doing all these things together. But you can't see the now. You can't see, you can't just be content with that person. And I'm speaking to myself when I say that. 
I felt like I planned so much in my relationship that sometimes I couldn't even enjoy the moment because, I mean, I was so far ahead of myself that I couldn't just sit and enjoy it at times. It was like that all the time, but there were times it was like that. And that's honest. And, you know, being a senior this year, it's, it's really easy for me to try to plan every single, you know, where I'm going to college, where I'm going to live, who my friends are going to be, who I'm going to room with. Like, maybe if I even go to college, I don't know. But right now, I'm not planning crap. I'm literally not planning anything. You know, I, I plan my day relationship-wise, like, you know, dating kind of relationship-wise, I have zero plans. Because this is a season God wants me in. You know, if God puts someone in my life and that's what he wants, I'll know. Because his plan is always going to overrule mine. But I'll know it's what's best. And right now, this season of singleness that I'm in is what's best. And focusing on myself is what's best and on my friendships and that's our next point friendships you know I kind of diddled and daddled with dating relationships but friendships I really I have a lot to say about friendships I think there's a lot of different kinds of people who require a lot of different kinds of friendships there's some people who you know you only need that one person that one person who will you know you will just could cry to and have fun and you know just never separated at the you know always together you just need that one person to confide in that one person to spend time with you just need your one and once you have your one you're set and you're good whatever then there's people who you know you need a couple really good friends and then a ton of you know, not as close friends, you know, they're not necessarily, like, as super, like, official as peers, like, they're not your classmates, but, I mean, like, they're your friends, like, you'd hang out with them after school, but you have, you have your core friendships that, you know, you can really be vulnerable and really be raw with that, those people, and then, There's the people who want a ton of really close, raw friendships. And then there's the other people who want just a bunch of just kind of regular friendships with not the raw, vulnerable stuff, just kind of like fun times only. I'm the kind of person who needs a couple really close friendships and a lot of regular friendships as well. I say regular like, you know, core friendships aren't regular. I mean, not as deep friendships. Like, I'll hang out with you. I may not tell you my whole life story, but that's just because you're not a core friendship. Or maybe I will tell you my whole life story and you'll become a core friend. And, you know, it doesn't matter. There's so many different kinds of friendships. And, I think we all require different things. 
Now, I have been friends with people who only need, you know, a ton of friends. Kind of, in a way, quantity over quality. A ton of friends, but they're not super deep friendships. You just have a lot of, you know, friends. And for me, you know, I need I need a couple deep friendships. I need friends, you know, I need friends who are going to not understand everything that I'm going through, but just be there for when I do and understand that something is hard for me. You know, I don't expect anyone to understand everything I go through. I think that's an unrealistic expectation for anyone because we all have different life experiences with things. But what I do expect and require out of my, you know, core close friendships is for them not to understand what I'm going through, but to be there for me, you know, to comfort me and love me in the best way that they know how. That's what I, you know, really think is what makes a true friend. My brother passed away about a year ago, and, you know, that was something very, very hard, and it's still something very hard, but I knew none of my friends would get it, and I didn't expect them to. You're not going to understand unless you're in that exact same situation, and I knew my friends wouldn't get it. But what they did get was that this was something hard that I was going through and that I needed to be loved on. That's what they knew, and that's what they understood. And I really admired those friendships. I really, you know, I saw when you're going through something, you really see who your friends are and who are not your friends. Like I said, I saw so many of my friends be there for me. And I even saw some outside friendships come in and become more core value friendships in the way that they loved me, in the way that they were there for me. That being said, I also saw a lot of friendships disappoint me. You know, I saw a lot of people who I thought were my core friends who did not show up for me and who were not there for me. I I even saw friendships who punished me for the way that I was feeling. I think, and that's a really hard thing. And a lot of people can be really angry at those people who are not there for them and are who are not who they basically said that they were in being that core friendship and then not following up when times get hard. And that's something that is very hard for people. That is something really, really devastating when you think your friend will be there for you thick and thin only to be disappointed. And that is a really hard thing to go through. And I know you're probably like, Izzy, this is very, you know, this is sad. But this is, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be raw and vulnerable. And that is a raw and vulnerable topic. 
being disappointed. Life is full of achievements and disappointments. And, you know, through my grief of my brother, I achieved a lot of new friendships. And I valued them way more. And I achieved a lot of support that I didn't know that I had. And I had a lot of disappointments and friends who I thought, you know, were my core raw friends. And that's really hard to be disappointed. But I think I had to come to the realization that some people are just not where I am in life. Some, they didn't go through what I went through. And those people didn't go through what I went through. But, you know, I remember I was talking to my mom about, you know, a friendship that had this issue. And I remember my mom saying, you know, that person hasn't been through what you've been through. And sometimes you just have to let people be people. You can't change them. And that was a really hard thing to hear. Because I wasn't upset that this person didn't understand. Because none of my friends did. What I was upset was that this person didn't love me in the way she knew how to. My other friends didn't get it. But they were comforting. And they loved me. And that's all that I wanted. You know, I didn't want this person to understand what I went through. I wanted this person to be there. And when I saw that this person was, you know, emotionally unavailable, I kind of had to take a step back and think, this person is who this person is. And I can't change that. Now, I am not bitter toward this person. Um, I kind of just had to look at them in a different way, you know, and realize that this person is not a core friendship and look at them as more of an outside friendship, you know, not someone I can be super vulnerable with, but someone who, you know, I mean, I'd still hang out with them. I just, we drifted and I really think that it was a good thing that we did. And I have no hard feelings toward this person. I think I only want the best for this person. They just weren't there for me. And they just emotionally didn't know how to be. And I think that it scared this person to be there for me. Because it was a really hard situation that I was in. And it makes sense that it would freak them out. I mean, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. It's grief. It's death. And death is a lot. It's a lot to deal with. So all of that being said is relationships in a friendship aspect, you know, you choose, you become who you're with. I believe that so much. I believe if you surround yourself by people who want what you want in life and not even just like, you know, same interests and stuff, but just like genuinely the idea, you're going to 
I'm trying to figure out how to say this. You're, you're going to surround yourself by people who want what you want. I mean, friendships, relationships. Why do we surround ourselves with those people? We have things in common, okay? We either like the same sports or we like the same dog or, you know, interests, hobbies, you know, like religion, whatever it may be. We surround ourselves with people who have the same interests in us. And even if they, we have nothing in common, we surround ourselves with people who make us feel good, who make us happy. And, you know, I don't think that people choose to be around people who make them feel bad. I think that a lot of times what happens is sometimes people at first make others feel good. And then eventually it can turn bad, but you're so caught up in the good that they initially brought that sometimes you just can't see the bad. And slowly, when you surround yourself by, you know, toxic people or people who bring you down, you, all the good that they once brought doesn't seem to really overshadow the toxicity and the, you know, hardship that they're now bringing into your life. If you're walking away from a friendship or relationship that makes you feel bad a majority of the time, why are you still in it? And that's a, you know, that's a big question. For some people, it'd be like, well, I love this person. You know, I really value this person. This person has made me feel really great in the past. And I would I would want you to ask yourself what changed. And a lot of times we don't know what changed or we don't know when it changed, but we know that something changed. We know that something happened to create this change in this relationship or this friendship that now we don't know what's happening. And you may not understand why it changed, but you need to understand that it is changed and that it is not the same. And that if it is not benefiting you in any way, shape, or form, don't put yourself through that. Don't put yourself through that. Don't Keep trying to make something work that just isn't working. This is a hard thing to hear. You know, it is so much easier said than done. And coming from me, I've been, you know, the one who's been left. You know, someone was really trying to make it work with me and it just wasn't working. And they, you know, decided to, That's basically what my breakup was. I mean, we just weren't working. And, you know, he decided to call it. And, you know, it was painful. But it just what was best for both of us. You know, I still have so much admiration and love for that person in a different, you know, aspect, in a different way. But he did what was best for him. 
And in the long run, it ended up what was best for me too. He decided that it just wasn't working. And, you know, when that happens, the best thing you could do is move on. You know, let things, let life take its course, just be. And, and, you know, in my relationship, it took its course and we got to the end of the course. There's nothing wrong with that. That is how it was meant to be. And that's exactly how it was supposed to be. And it's hard and it's sad at times, but it's also really great because now I know that sometimes walking away is healthy. Like I said, with abandonment issues, it can be really hard for me to walk away. But knowing what's best for me is such an important thing to know. Know what's best for yourself. That's a hard thing. That's a big statement to know what's best for yourself. And sometimes we don't know what's best for ourselves. And sometimes we think we know what's best for ourselves and we're way off. You know, we're not perfect people. But in friendships and in relationships, if that person is not making you feel, and I'm not saying making you feel good, because, you know, it's not always good. It's not always pretty. It's not always fun. You know, we all go through hard, hard stuff in life. And that hard stuff affects friendships and it affects relationships. But it also, you know, gives us the opportunity as friends to step up or step down. So, you know, when you're going through something, don't, there's two things to do that I've learned. Don't put an unrealistic expectation on your friends. Don't expect them to always say the right thing. Don't expect them to do everything perfectly. Don't expect them to do things that are out of their control. But don't expect nothing. Have some sort of standard when it comes to who you let your core friendships be. You chose who your friends are and you can choose who you don't want to be friends with and you can choose to, you know, drift from a friendship slowly or quickly or whatever and you can choose to, you know, build a friendship. It's your life. But when you are going through a hard thing, remember the standards that you had for those core friendships and if they don't meet those standards and they disappoint you, tell them. Tell them that you're upset, tell them that, you know, you didn't feel valued, you didn't feel comforted, or, you know, that you were loved by that friend. And if they're really your friends, they're going to listen. You know, they're going to listen to why you, they didn't, why you felt like they didn't step up. And they're going to try to make you feel better. And 
you know, to the people who you do confront, who are just all defense and, you know, just completely like in one ear out the other, there's your answer. That's not a core friendship. They may have been a core friend in the past, but like I said, they're maturing at a different rate. And your friendship with that person is taking its course. And if they're acting like that, it's on the course to drifting. And there is nothing wrong with that. It's healthy, even. Let it drift. Let it go. Let it take its course. You were on a different path than that person. And sometimes our passive people, you know, they intersect. And sometimes they straighten out. And that's just life. And, you know, there's a beautiful thing about that. And it can be really hard to let those friendships drift, especially when they were, you know, really something that helped you in the past. You can still treasure that. You can still treasure what once was, but you can't pretend that that's in the same space now because it's not. So when it comes to that, you need to let that friendship go. And, you know, with friendships and relationships, trust that not only are you going to learn about a lot of other people and learn, you know, their strengths and their weaknesses, but also yourself. And I think it's really easy for us as humans to only focus on the other person and their faults and not as much our own. We need, in friendships and relationships, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about your love language, you know, how you feel loved, how you love others. You find out about, you know, how long your patience will last. And you learn about what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. And you learn how your weaknesses come into play with certain situations. And Everyone has weaknesses and there's a fine, there's a line, there's a big line between, you know, hyper-focusing on your issues and obsessing over them. And then there's the other part of the line that's knowing your fault and wanting to improve. Those are completely different things. One, you're you know, obsessing over it. You're this terrible person. God, I'm awful. I have all these faults and I'm just so bad. No, you have faults. We all have faults. Get over it. You know, just think about your weaknesses and your faults. And if you want to improve them, that's the first step to improvement is wanting to. Don't completely obsess over your faults as the definition of you, you know, you have as many faults and you have a lot of good qualities as well. I think improving who we are as people is a really great thing. Wanting to improve is a wonderful thing to want to do. So in these friendships and relationships, as you learn more about yourself and your faults and weaknesses, 
What you choose to do with the knowledge of those faults and weaknesses is up to you. Like I said, you can choose to change or improve. You could hyper-focus on them and that, you know, be your new definition of yourself. Wouldn't recommend that one. Or you could, you know, just not change at all. Just keep going the way it is. Ignore the faults. Now, ignoring doesn't mean deleting. You can't delete your faults. We will always have faults. You can improve them, though. And by the grace of God, he can delete them. Now, not saying we will be perfect, because no one on this earth is perfect, you know, out of all the people here. You know, Jesus was perfect, but again, if you don't believe in that, I'm not going to focus on that right now. I I might on a different podcast, but it's important to remember what you are focusing on in life, in relationships, in friendships, in planning, in dreaming, in all of that. We've covered a lot in this podcast. I mean, it's the first one, and we, you know, I hope you feel closer to me. I hope you've learned something. I hope you have an opinion on what I said. And if you don't, you know, that's fine too. This is, again, just created so that you can have a friend. You know, you don't have to be a friend if you don't want to. I mean, if you do, I'm always here. But, you know, it's also helpful for me to just kind of externally process things that I've learned. Because when I do that, it helps me, um, I don't know, it just kind of helps me review what I've learned. And that is very helpful for me. So that's all that I have prepared today on friendships and relationships with people. But if I think of another thing to talk about, and I'm sure that I will, I will make another one. If anyone is watching this and has a topic that they want me to talk about or advice or whatever, again, always open to that. But yeah, um, I'm probably just going to, it's nighttime right now. I don't know when you're listening to this, but right now it's nighttime and I'm probably just going to go on my phone, if I'm being honest, which is not very healthy, but I'm just going to kind of relax, and I think I'm going to try to end each podcast, you know, if I continue to keep doing this, just telling you what I'm about to do for the rest of the day, because I just, yeah, I feel like friends do that, and and that's what I do with my friends, I just tell them, you know, now I'm going to go do this, but I'll talk to you guys later.